Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Netflix and Swill podcast, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. I'm Caleb. And I'm tired from driving seven hours today. And I'm tired of hearing you complain. <laughs> You're, go, you, better, you best go to sleep then, because that's uh, not going to fix anything. I'm here to complain. That's my one job. How are you? I can't complain. You, uh, you missed it on during your travels uh so we play magic every saturday night Mm -hmm. uh the the two of us and bill and jimmy so uh me bill and jimmy played in your absence uh and we played for six hours and played five games oh my god and uh we had a fucking blast everybody got you know at least one win and like got to do uh, some some cool broken things with cardboard. Well, sounds like Vera needs to make a a return. On that the the first game, like I got so mad at Bill that I I pulled out uh Noyandar, my my most broken deck, and just uh killed him with combo on like turn three or four. Oh, Niv Mizzet. Okay. Yeah, and then uh, and then we played like a few real games. So, but yeah, like basically the second game, I was so frustrated with everything Bill did in the first game. I was just like, I'm I may or may not win, but I'm goddamn well gonna make sure that you don't win. I'm I'm here to make sure that you don't have fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was a good time though. There you go. I'm glad you guys had fun. Yeah, we missed you. How was your trip? Holy fuck. Uh, it was something. It was a long fucking trip. Uh, I went to Pittsburgh for my uh, dad's birthday, my aunt's birthday, my aunt's birthday. Uh, it was fine. Like, uh, the drive to and fro was awful. Uh, the drive to was less awful because, um, I went up immediately after work so it's like oh i've already suffered today if i just suffer a little bit more i'll have an extra day to not suffer uh and it was great it was a great (laughs) idea and i'm very happy with myself that i chose to do such a thing nice but uh yeah we uh went to a pirates game uh and funnily enough everyone misheard the man at the ticket booth uh, mainly because we think we've come to the conclusion that we don't think he was holding down his button properly. Uh, but we were like, Hey, we're here for out, out fle- field bleacher seats. What, uh, how much they cost? And he goes seven. I'm like, okay, we want three because all right, that'll be $81. And I wait, wait, I went, wait, what? And he's like, uh, the $1. So I'm like, okay. So he must've meant $21. Okay. That's fine. I give him my card, and our tickets are $27 a piece. <laughs> uh, so, and I went, did everybody else mishear this man? And everyone went, yes, we all misheard this man, because I swear to God, he said fucking $21 in total for the price. Uh, no, he meant $81 in total for the price. So, uh, y- yeah, that was, uh, that was a thing that happened. <sighs> Unfortunate. It's okay. We only got to see them, uh, the Pirates, uh, lose four to nothing and uh, only get two hits the entire game. So, money well spent. It does sound like a Pirates game. Speaking as a lifelong Pirates fan, uh, I've been waiting uh, 34 years to see the Pirates win a pennant, and uh, I can wait another 34 years. If there's anything we've learned as Pirate fans, it's patience <laughs> every every three to four years we'll just rebuild yeah it's i don't know it's almost like 
a bad joke at this point. Like, they're basically a training team. Anytime they get someone good, they'll trade them off for, like, a new rookie that doesn't fucking do anything. Yep. Like, I don't know. It. I don't know if this is true. Maybe you know more about it than me, but, like, it seems like the team is super young. Like, I don't know. A baseball player doesn't really hit their prime until they're, like, 30. Uh, mid-twenties is about when you want some, but, like, mid to late-twenties is when you want somebody hitting their stride. Uh, but yes, they are incredibly young because of the way they've been built. So, it's great. We we love it. They're an extremely profitable franchise in sports. Like, I just wish they would funnel some of that money back into developing their team and players and less merchandising, I guess. Uh, what they should do is not force me to pay $27 in order to see them live and in person for my dad's birthday. <laughs> $27 does seem like a bit much. Now, I could have, we could have gotten the cheaper tickets, but uh, I, I think they specifically have, uh, you know, certain words buzzed out from their, um, their, their, like, uh, window thing so like hey this guy's about to say 27 let's just have him say seven so that way people are uh swindled i'm only a little sad and mad <laughs> uh speaking of being sad and mad uh let's do what's your swill can we please get some alcohol into my mouth he hates these cans stay away from the cans uh, so, I'm not drinking any swill right now, but I will, uh, describe to you the swill that I had over the weekend. So, I had, uh, some Coronas, because I hung out with some friends, and they bought Coronas, so I drank Coronas, and everyone was like, wow, this is in really bad taste, and I'm like, well, they are Coronas, so, yes, they are in bad taste. Because Hey, it's they, about family. Because they don't taste very good, unless you have a lime in them, and then they're fine. At the baseball game, uh, my dad decided to buy booze, so I wanted the taste of Pittsburgh, which meant, of course, buying IC lights. Nice. So that that was my swill for that day. Uh, it's okay. Uh, and then I went to a Brazilian steakhouse for my dad's birthday because that's where he wanted to go, uh, and they had this like fermented sugarcane drink. That was actually very delicious, and I'm very happy about it existing, so, uh, hooray. It was, uh, probably the best thing I drank all weekend. What, nice. do, you, what do you have? Um, I know the timing's awful on this, but, uh, I'm having a Coors Banquet. Uh, I was looking forward to, uh, season four of the, the Cobra Kai show, mm. I guess. That's fair. That was always allowed. Why would the timing be off? Just because of the, the lack of season four out right now? Yeah. I don't know. It's just, uh, I don't know. I saw it at at the Target, because uh, you can just buy beer everywhere in Ohio. Mm -hmm. uh, it's so much, still still getting used to the, the concept of just being able to buy beer wherever I want, instead of having to go to a, a state-controlled liquor store like in Pennsylvania. So, yeah, I don't know. I saw it there, and I was like, eh, that sounds just fine. There you go. Ohio's good for something. Yeah. There's at least that. All right. Uh, so, Stacking Triggers is a Magic the Gathering podcast. This week, Bill and I were not on it because uh, I was away and Bill was Bill. Uh, so, what did you do? Uh, I had Jimmy come on, and we just took a walk down memory lane and talked about our favorite magic sets, and mm. just kind of reminisced about our our history throughout the game and how we got into it. Okay. Uh, apparently, that's uh, five gigs worth of memories for, for Jimmy. Yeah, what the hell, Jimmy? I wanted to read, like, a couple things from uh, our Patreon, because I posted an update thing over there being like, hey... Uh, I'm doing some shit over here as I move us off of Podbean, so I'm putting up stuff. Also, if you want to say some nice things about our fifth anniversary, because uh, we buried the lead on this one, but it's our fifth anniversary. This is our fifth fucking year of podcasting. Actually, now our sixth year of podcasting, but you get the point. Uh, Caleb, holy shit, we're five years old. Yeah. And uh, 
I, f- I feel like we're a little bit better than we were five years ago. Just a little bit. Uh, but I did ask if anyone had any kind words. Uh, <laughs> uh, we got two. I got two responses. Uh, so we got Julio who says, your show? It's fine. Okay, better than fine. Uh, it's one of the rare shows I'll l- listen to, even if I'm not familiar at all with anything you guys are discussing in a given episode. So uh, I'm sorry you have to suffer, uh, well, Julio. Well, you're... You're going to enjoy this episode, then. Oh, yeah, right? The show that nobody watched, and then uh, a terrible movie that no one else watched either. Uh, And then Paul commented, he says, uh, and he wrote a fucking paragraph because Paul would like to follow in the footsteps of Sam Hurley and write a book. Uh, I listen every week, even if I fast forward uh, the shit out of anything to do with Star Trek, the who gives a fuck generation, uh, and trigger stacking. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah. You can go get fucked, sir. You can go to Jolly Pirate Donuts and take a two-hour shit. I don't understand that reference. Ah, uh, it's from Tourette's Guy. Hmm. Remember Tourette's Guy? No. Can't say that I do. Yeah. It was uh, a guy filming his dad, I guess, and putting videos up on the internet. I don't know. It fucking does what it says on the tin. The guy just yelled a lot. I do that, too. And trigger stacking, which strongly implies how much I enjoy the show and you two fools jibber-jabbing about Netflix. Like any podcaster, of course, your first steps aren't a patch on uh, what you produce now, but the comfortable banter, in-jokes, and the sometimes extremely hot takes have only grown in quality over the last five years. I hope you guys keep it up as long as you're enjoying it, and while you do, I'll keep adding plus one to the download numbers. Plus, you know, one day, there are the app. There is beers in person to be had. Uh, cheers to all your hard work. So, thank you, Paul. Uh, even if uh, you yeah. hate Star Trek, the next generation. I miss Paul. I haven't, I haven't actually spoken to Paul in a really long time. I, uh, I would really like to do a, a collabo with him sometime, but uh, I haven't wanted to ask for the last, like, several years since the last time I was actually on. Because uh, I was very drunk and horribly embarrassed myself. And uh, it's not its not like Paul chided me for it or anything, but like, I know it was, you know, creating work for him and mm-hmm. just kind of being an embarrassment and a black stain on their history. So I'm sorry. I've made I've made an effort to make myself a better person. They, they've had worse guests, trust me. Yeah. Well, so have we. That 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 Nick. is factual. <laughs> uh, so yeah, five years. Uh, how do you feel? Uh, do you feel things? Let me know how yeah. you feel things. Three cheers for five years. I don't know. It's uh, I mean, it's been a good journey. I'm I'm glad that we've been able to do it for this long and that we don't hate each other. I know, right? That's my main thing. That was uh, that's what I said after one year and five five years, like four years later, it's still like, oh, we still don't hate each other. Cool. Yeah. And so, I'll have you know. I don't know. We'll uh, that will be the title of the episode. I, I decided on it <laughs> uh like months ago. Oh hooray! I'm so smart and pretty. You're pretty. Swell. I don't know. I'll uh, I, I look forward to what the future holds and uh. Hopefully we'll make it another five. At the rate my uh my blood pressure increases, that's likely not to happen. Well, uh <laughs> in that case we might make it another five minutes. Uh that's actually true. That uncomfortable silence that you just had was uh pretty spectacular. <laughs> Uh, it's fine. Uh, and then finally, I guess, uh, our Discord server. Check it out. Uh, the link is in the show notes if you want to talk to us, uh, over there. Oh, like, we, we just posted a lot of, uh, get down reference, like, gifts. Uh, also, uh, we, we made a joke about, uh, a thing that Red Letter Media did. Uh, it was great. Uh, so if you want to be a part of that, just join the (laughs) Discord server. Star Destroyer! X-Wings! Mon Mothma's back. That's the best best joke in the whole fucking video. 
I don't know. I've been the the worst part of the pandemic for me is no new movies coming out. So like red letter media has been less active. It seems like. Although like they finally relented and started doing like streaming movies and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like all their, <laughs> whenever the first, the pandemic was like first kicking off, they did the video where like, uh, Rich Evans just comes in and is like hacking everywhere and it's like starts touching their faces and fucking Mike Staclos is just like, I oh, touched my fucking eyes. <laughs> she was great. Yeah. I love it. I love that show. Ah. <sighs> Okay. Well, uh, with that, uh, and all the stupid in-jokes that we have, uh, it's time to finally get into the news. Oh, shit, it's mail time. All right, well, uh, looks like Netflix is uh, cracking down on the rules. Why don't you tell me about that, Dan? All right. Uh, In a paragraph that uh, my Grammarly is like, holy fuck, what's wrong with you, bud? Learn how to write better. This is your PSA to stop using a VPN when connecting to Netflix, or maybe even at all. Uh, in a crackdown on VPN users, Netflix has begun a ba- begun to ban uh, "quote unquote" residential IP addresses. Uh, because of this, uh, some customers are uh, banned from using Netflix at all, uh, even if they've never used a VPN. Uh, residential IP addresses are usually assigned from Xfinity, AT and T, Verizon, or other ISPs. Uh, and if you come across this issue, you should contact your ISP as soon as possible to fix it. Or, if you're tech-savvy, uh, you can just update your IP address yourself. That that sucks. Yeah. I mean, I get why they're doing it, honestly. Because it's like, hey, we want you to stop, you know, going to, like, Netflix Japan to see Japan shit. And so, like, and they've tried to come up with, like, different ways to fix it, and I guess this is the big way they thought it was going to fix it, and then it broke everything. Hmm. They're idiots sometimes, and uh, this goes to show. Yeah, it's true. And Netflix has put out a casting call for some of its most popular reality series. Uh, therefore confirming additional seasons. Nailed It Season 6, Queer Eye Season 6, The Circle Seasons 3, 4, and 5, Love is Blind Seasons 2 and 3, Dream Home Makeover Season 3, The Floor is Lava Seasons 2 and 3, uh, Get Organized with the Home Edit Season 2, Sparking Joy with Marie Kondo Season 2, God, that shows came out forever ago, uh, Indian Matchmaking Season 2, uh, so if you're for some reason interested in being on a reality program, uh, visit NetflixReality.com. Yeah! Uh, I care about almost none of those shows, so... Uh, good luck to anybody who wants to be on them, I guess? Yes! Okay! Uh, and the final thing is that, uh, as my girlfriend watches through season four in an effort to catch up on it, uh, Grace and Frankie season seven had a surprise drop of four episodes, uh, this week. If you hadn't heard about this, uh, this is now your PSA for that because, uh, it's coming soon. I- I'm guessing like they had it in the hopper and they were just like, Hey, I wonder if people are still going to care about this. So they put out, uh, <laughs> some epis and, uh, figured out if people still cared about it. Uh, and based off of uh, Netflix right now, in the U.S., it's number five. So uh, people seem to care. Nice. Yeah, I had no idea. I didn't even notice. So Even Caleb gets his news from this show. Yeah, it's true. All right. Uh, and then it'll bring us into Downstream, where we're going to talk about some trailers uh, for some upcoming projects. Baby, I can't control the internet. <laughs> Uh, First up is the trailer for Midnight Mass. Uh, From the producers of The Haunting at Hill House, Midnight Mass introduces Crockett Island, an isolated island community that experiences miraculous events and frightening omens following the arrival of a charismatic, mysterious young priest. Uh, Dan, what did you think about uh, 
spoopy ghost house show uh season three trailer uh kinda I mean I don't know it better it just better not suck like uh season two of the haunting of whatever like Mike Flanagan has said this is the project he's been looking forward to like this is his like magnum opus uh in terms of like what he's wanted to do so uh let's hope it's good uh, as for what I think about this, I don't know. I don't even know what it's fucking about. Yeah. Um. I have no idea. Why don't you know this? You should. You should be telling me what what it's about. I don't know. I fucking just heard of it ten minutes ago. Well, that's true. <laughs> oh man. Uh, it. It's a teaser. Uh, like I said, I have no idea what's going on in it. So, whatever. Uh, our next thing is uh, called Worth, starring Michael Keaton, Stanley Tucci, and Amy Ryan. Uh, an attorney learns a lesson in empathy when he is faced with the near-impossible task of determining how to compensate families who suffered incalculable losses as a result of the September 11th attacks in 2001, based on true events. In the wake of September 11th attacks, the lawyer faces an emotional reckoning as he attempts to put a dollar value on the lives lost based on real events. Why is that in here twice? Uh, Caleb, what do you think? I, I don't know why it made me laugh that they had to throw in based on true events. Um, there were a couple movies, like, they they waited probably what they felt like was a tasteful amount of time before they started making 9-11 movies. Uh, but there were a couple, like, released theatrically, uh, including one starring Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. And then the the one where it's... <laughs> Just Robert Pattinson, and then at the end, all of a sudden, it's just 9-11. But, like, this looks like a 9-11 movie that I would actually watch, I guess. I don't know. I like Michael Keaton. This is something, like, you don't have to... Like, I, I mean, I imagine they will, but, like, you don't have to have a bunch of special effects shots that you spend a million dollars on of the buildings blowing up and shit. Because, mm. like, that is still, like, just seems really distasteful. Um, but it's about, like, you know, the the human drama of, like, after the fact, like, trying to pick up the pieces and move on with your life. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It looks interesting. Yeah, uh, as for my take, uh, Oscar bait. Yeah, that's true. No, it could be good, but uh, as of now... Oscar bait. A hundred percent. No questions asked. Yeah. Uh, speaking of bait, the next trailer is for clickbait. When family man Nick Brewer is abducted in a crime with a sinister online twist, those closest to him race to uncover who is behind it and why. Do you really know the people closest to you? Clickbait debuts August 25th only on Netflix. Well, that's a hell of a birthday present for me. Uh, guy gets kidnapped, and they put a video on YouTube It says, whenever this video reaches 5 million views, uh, I'm going to be killed. And then a bunch of people start watching it, and they're trying to figure out why. Why is that thing? Why? Why do this? So... Uh, generic modern technology-based thriller. That's true. Uh, this reminds me of something, like, Harlan Coben would write, but he didn't write it. So, yeah. Because, like, hey, this guy, ha this guy got kidnapped, and everyone's like, oh my god, what a tragedy. Let's go find this guy. And then it posts, like, him being, like, facts about him being a piece of shit. And they're like, huh. Should we save this man? Is it our job as a yeah. society to judge this man based off of his actions and determine his worth based on those? Maybe he deserves to be murdered. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if if somebody's mean, they deserve to be extrajudiciously killed. Yeah. That's a hard word. I mean, who doesn't agree with that? Hopefully a lot of people. Uh, that's true. Uh, yeah, it looks fine. Uh, you know. 
they're trying something. That's fine. Uh, I don't know how that's going to work out for them, but uh, good on them for trying. Yeah. All right. Finally, we have the trailer for Q-Force. Some heroes have more pride than others. A gay super spy and his scrappy LGBTQ squad fight to prove themselves to the agency that underestimated them. Today, West Hollywood. Tomorrow, the world. I don't know, we talked about this a couple weeks ago and why why I think that, like, it, it's kind of tone deaf and not a great idea to do this thing, so. Sure. I just wanted to see if you had any change of opinion. That's what I kind of, like, because we have the teaser trailer and now we have the actual yeah. trailer, so I just wanted to know if you felt any differently. They, uh, they seem like they did better uh, in this, but, like, I don't know. I still don't know if it's going to be worthwhile necessarily. I don't know. I'll wait till somebody gets to actually watch the show and can say whether it's good or not. Mm -hmm. um, they were at least brave enough to show balls in it. I mean, I know it's animated, but like uh, there's just a nude man in the trailer and shows his dick and balls. Uh, it's it's true. Uh, I'm proud of them for that. I guess I guess that's something I could be proud of people for. Yeah, it's uh, it's a show that's going to exist and probably be canceled after one season. Well, that's actually true. That's definitely going to be what happens. It's going to get canceled immediately. All right. Uh, with that out of the way, Dan, let's get into some quick hits. Uh, so here's where I'll ask you, did you have time to watch anything no, on your travels? I didn't. My friends at their house had Ferris Bueller's Day Off on uh, in the background, and I like half watched it. So, hey, remember the end of that movie where he tells everyone to go home in a robe and then yeah. Deadpool aped it 30 years later? Still, still funny. What did you watch? Uh, I watched a bunch of things, so, uh, first I'll talk about Vivo, uh, this is, uh, Sony Pictures Animation's, uh, first ever, ever musical adventure, uh, featuring an all-new original songs from Lin-Manuel Miranda. Uh, I'm just reading the IMDb description. Yes. Uh, it takes audiences on an epic adventure to gorgeous and vibrant locations never before seen in animation, uh, by which they mean... Uh, the Florida Everglades, <laughs> as seen in The Princess and the Frog. Actually, I guess that was Louisiana, but same same general, like, geographical area. Yes. But, yeah, I don't know. This was fine. It's a the, the cutesy little kid movie. Uh, the songs are not the best, but decent. I don't know. It's about a, a little, a cool little monkey. Uh, who goes on an adventure uh, along with a misfit girl to uh, complete a quest for the monkey's dead best friend. Oh, so it's confirmed the old man is dead? Yeah. And it's like, it's the, like the best way you can have a character die in a kid's movie, I guess, but it's still like super sad because uh, like they're going to leave on their trip so that like, the old man can profess his unrequited love for his his former like musical partner. Uh so like the monkey doesn't want to go. He's like, no, our life's perfect here in in Havana. So like why do we have to go to Florida? Um so like he the monkey sings a song about it, and then like the old man falls asleep in his chair, and the by morning the monkey decides he's gonna go on the trip with him. Uh, and then he goes to wake the old man up, and then it just shows, like, his hand hanging there, and the monkey reaches out and, like, grabs his finger, uh, and it's like, oh no, and then, like, walks away crying. He's dead, Jim. Yeah. So it doesn't, like, show an old man die, or, like, show his dead body, it just kinda does that much, so. Okay. Uh, but the rest of the movie is, you know, feel good and happy and zany hijinks. Uh, there's, like, he meets other, other creatures that live, like, in 
the the Florida Everglades, I guess. So he uh he meets uh like my favorite character in the movie uh is a spoonbill who is uh which is uh, a type of bird sort of like a like a flamingo or something. Mm-hmm. Like they have a big spade shaped bill that they use to like dig around in the swamp and shit. Uh and his name is Dan Carino, not to be convinced with Dan Marino, uh another Floridian. But he's like in love with this like hot female bird. Uh but he's just like painfully awkward, so he's trying to figure out how to woo her. What a relatable and, like, character. When you first Yeah, so like when you first see her him, he's just like digging a grave for himself and like trying to bury himself alive because he'll never uh be able to to woo his true love. Uh who is played by Nicole Byer of uh other Netflix shows. It was Caleb's true love. Yeah, she's she's up there, I guess. I don't know. I think she's funny. Uh turns out she's also very awkward and they immediately fall in love as soon as he starts talking to her. That definitely sounds like awkward people. Yeah. So just uh moral of the story is swing at every ball. Shoot your shot. Yeah. Uh it's fine. It's a fine little movie. Okay. Um, you're going to get the most mileage out of this if you have a family with uh, small children, which I don't. Oh, good. Oh, good. Neither do I. <laughs> Something that's far more solidly inside my wheelhouse is uh, Blood of Zeus, which I also watched this week. Finally. Yeah. It's really good. I liked it a lot. It's uh, it's bloody and gory and violent and kick ass and murder and. Uh, decapitate everybody and uh, kill all the heroes and the villains alike. I know, right? That ending is uh, um, fucking brutal. Yeah, it's pretty fucking crazy. I don't know. I like it a lot. If you if you like animation and like brutal gory action, uh, go for it. If you have liked. The other stuff that Powerhouse does, this is another Powerhouse Productions. Or production. Uh, so just do it. Just watch it. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. I like that the hero and the villain are both, like, fully fleshed out. They're, like, there's a twist that, like, their their pasts are kind of linked together in a certain way, which uh, feels a bit trite, because, like... That's, you know, tale as old as time, but also it's like heroic fantasy based on Greek myth. So, of course, it's that. Right. Because it's the hero's saga. Uh, Spoilers, Darth Vader is Luke's father. (laughs) Uh, True. That's not what happens in the show, but it's it's adjacent to that, I guess. Um, I mean, good show. I mean, really good show. Zeus, of course. Uh, and his penis are, like, the contributing factor for the entire reason the story exists, so... I mean, you can infer yeah. from there, really. Everybody's always fucking Zeus. Uh, and last but not least, I watched Pootie Tang, uh, at my wife's recommendation. Oh, no. Uh, I'd, I'd never seen this before. Okay. Uh, so, uh, my, my favorite joke that I've made about this movie several times to anybody who would listen uh after i watched this was that uh it puts the b movie in black exploitation movie <laughs> to which i responded with a rudy ray moore gif <laughs> uh it kind of feels like a mix between dolomite and like um another weird fucking movie that we watched called hectic knife cuz it's just like zany disjointed scenes but Pootie Tang is, like, a hero who just speaks, like, so, like, he's too cool for words, so he just says, like, random nonsense, but, like, everybody uh, understands what he means, I guess, from it. But he uh, he whips the shit out of gangsters and stuff with his belt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Wanda Sykes is also in it, and Chris Rock. When the hell did this come out? And, uh... 2001. Oh. It's, uh... It's 81 minutes. It's, uh... It's not bad. It's not bad. I liked it. Okay. 
This is uh this is kind of my brand of humor, I guess. It's just fucking off the wall and at one point, um because like Pootie Tang is defeated by his rivals for a like part of the story, so he loses his confidence and has to go and like find himself in, in order to come back and whip their ass. Uh so like he goes to live on a farm and work the land and like just enjoy the quiet life. Which uh, leads to a really weird scene where Chris Rock uh, shows up dressed as a cornstalk and talks to him. Uh-huh. It's great. It's a real thing that happens. <laughs> it's a real thing that happens. Dave Attell is in this movie. Do you remember him? I do. Unfortunately. Yeah, that piece of shit. I don't know, it's kind of a, a who's who of, like, People that would have been recognizable around the millennium, so. Hmm. Okay. But yeah, Pootie Tang. Interesting. Uh, I'm glad you had fun. Yeah, I did have fun. It's just, uh, just irreverent and, uh, just really silly. Just, it's little and little and fits right in. Yeah. I'm gonna sign your pity on the runny kind. Sadate. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. That's me just agreeing with the words you said, because I don't know what they mean, yeah. and I'm assuming you're just making a Pootie Tang reference. Yeah. See, my damey Pootie Tang don't want a ta to the shamacow, because that's a kamakamalipachai, dig? Oh, okay. Okay. And the whole movie is just similar quotes. Uh, like I said, he's too cool for words. So aren't we all there's there's that. That's it. Cool. Uh, so with that, we're going to cut into a quick break. And when we come back from said break, uh, it's time to get into our main view topic for the week, which is a thing we did before uh, the get down part one. You thought it would be the old mid roll ad break, but it was me, the one that's a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure meme. The following patrons have abandoned their human frailty and joined Lord Dio's eternal army. Gerald Morris, Bill Sutton, Nick Haskins, Ashley the Bubby Gorski, Ben Kiefer, Paul Prezula, Daniel Henderson, Julio Oliveira, James De La Rosa, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, Nate Wade, Alan Gallarisi, Casey Moore, Nerd Revert Jason, Sam the Hurlahee Boy Hurley, Giuseppe Vicaretti, and Dan's mother. If you'd like to become a patron so we can use your money to finally destroy the Joestar family forever, find us at netflixandswill.com slash Patreon. Brand yourself as part of our unholy army. Go to netflixandswill.com slash merch. Leave a review and tell me what a good job I'm doing as your immortal overlord. Visit netflixandswill.com slash Apple Podcasts. Thanks for helping us manifest our stand abilities, which give us the power to watch terrible movies and TV shows and do like rapid punches and stop time or whatever. Seriously, go watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Part 6 comes out in December. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it's time to get into our main view topic for the week. The Get Down Part 1. Uh, the Get Down is a 2016 uh, drama music uh, musical all about music show from Netflix. It's uh, 8.3 out of 10 on IMDb. A ragtag group of teenagers run wild in the streets of the Bronx in the late 1970s. This is created by Stephen Adley Gwergis and Baz Luhrmann. And stars Justice Schmidt, Justice Smith. Jesus, words are hard. Shamik Moore, uh, and Harrison F. Guardiola, and also uh, Jaden's here. Jaden's there. Uh, Mon Mothma's back, and by that I mean Jimmy Smiths <laughs> or Basil Oregano, played by Jimmy Smith. Smiths, yeah. whatever his <laughs> name Basil is. Basil Oregano. He's Princess Leia's non-biological father. He got blown up on Alderaan. That's Princess Leia's planet that got blown up! <laughs> oh, these stupid things we do. Uh, There's a reason why we're doing lore episodes going <laughs> forward. 
also, Yahya Abdul-Mateen II as Cadillac. Who, who uh, is my favorite person. Who is just fantastic. Uh, Dan, how did this hold up for you? Uh, not as well, but still pretty well. I still enjoyed most of it. Uh, there's some editing shit, like, specifically, there. there's times where it's, like, flashing between three different things, and it'll, like, hold on one thing for, like, a few seconds, and then go to the next thing, and then go to the next thing. It's like, no, 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 resolve the thing, because they, they don't <laughs> thematically match, uh, and it just didn't do that. But otherwise, still enjoyed my time. Yeah. Yeah, I, obviously, I like this quite a bit. Uh. I really enjoyed revisiting it. I like pretty much every aspect of it. A lot of it is like kind of hyper stylized. So like, I don't know, your mileage might vary. But for me, I, I kind of like that. Yeah. So it's very pulpy in some port, uh, some parts like uh, yeah. there's a sequence where uh, and I posted the gif in our discord, but like Xiao is running and it just looks like super over the top and it is because th that's that's the aesthetic they're going for yeah absolutely so i'm assuming your ca favorite character still is uh cadillac or at least shaolin fantastic yeah um cadillac's really good and i don't know i just i really like our main two of ezekiel uh aka mc books played by justice smith uh, and Shaolin Fantastic is played by Shmeek Moore. I don't know. I really like Grandmaster Flash. Mm -hmm. I don't know. He just just oozes coolness. It, it was serendipitous that I enjoyed. Um, that was a calm. Oh God, why am I why am I blank on it now? It's uh about the the black wine connoisseur. Uh, what the hell is that called? Because he stars in that too. Uh, Grandmaster Flash. Why can I not remember that? What that's called? I don't know. Uh, uncorked. That's it. Yeah, he he stars in in that, and I was like, oh, cool, more Grandmaster Flash. And uh, I don't know, like revisiting it kind of made me appreciate like the simpler time that we had with Netflix before you know we moved into oh, it's all about numbers era that it feels like we're in now. Yeah, I don't know this. Uh... This is like back when they would try things. They would just do like random whatever. And uh, I don't know, I kind of miss that. Yeah. Like Baz Luhrmann was, would walk up and be like, yo, I got an idea. It's like a, a sort of retelling of the history of hip hop back in 1977. And uh, it's super stylized and weird in my own way. And Netflix was like, okay, that's cool. Uh, and Baz Luhrmann's like, all right, I'm going to need about like 60 million. And they're like, that's fine. Here you go. And then, like, six months later, he shows up and was like, okay, uh, I'm running into problems. I need more money. <laughs> we'll see you in the Get Down Part 2, the search for more money. Hmm. I don't know. I don't even know what else to say. Because, like, it's, it's a show I, I enjoy. Like, the, the, the music's good. Like, uh, I, think, I think it was the big thing. It was, like... We really didn't get to see them do too much music until the final episode because, you know, the entire season had been building to doing that that one big show where they, they prove themselves as a concept. Uh, and then uh, everything's wonderful for everybody uh, for just that fleeting moment of time. Right. Um, and I don't know. I do like the musical performance, but like, I don't know, like you said, there's it's. It's not like a huge feature of the show until it really gets going. And it's like kind of bookended with like a modern day concert of like grown up books doing uh, like telling the story, basically. But like um, it's like I wouldn't have minded more of that. But like there is music kind of constant throughout it because um, I mean, that's what it's all about. So like. The soundtrack for it does fucking be ass. Yeah, definitely. Like, uh, there, there's a lot of disco shit, like a, a lot of like Donna Summers, and they even put their own little spins on it. Like, uh, oh god, what the, what's that one song? That Flash is trying to learn like how to how to uh, find the the like the groove. Yeah, that one. Yeah, it's like. 
I'm saying. And you're you're like slowly losing your mind because you're like, oh my god, this is what he's chosen. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's um, I enjoyed going back in the time capsule. Yeah, and like it's this part is mostly set up because the real heavy shit starts happening in the second half. Like all their problems actually start really coming into focus then i mean like there's still issues for them like mylene's uh horribly abusive father played by uh giancarlo esposito yes and uh his authority being undermined by his brother played by jimmy smiths who like he's like so deliciously over the top just like yeah yeah abdul mateen the second like both of those characters are kind of hilarious in their own way although both can be threatening in their own way Oh yeah. Obviously like it's a it's like it's a ghetto fable so like um there's the characters that are just like horribly like you said like almost comically violent but like I don't know like Cadillac can be really fucking scary sometimes mm-hmm. cuz he'll just like <laughs> I don't know he fucking shoots a little kid in the head at one point. So yeah, that was pretty fucking brutal, and I, I was like, wait, doesn't he, and uh, right as I'm like, right as I'm saying that, it's like, oh yeah, he does, yeah. Shoots that kid right in the fucking head, right in the face. Yeah. We've we've done the whole story breakdown before on the show, mm. and like, we talked about it a hundred times, but like, we, uh, we championed for this show, I think a few people might have listened to us and watched it, but like... Um, I really miss it. I really miss this show. Yeah. I wish I knew what happened to everybody. Like, cause I know what, I know where books is. Like, I know, I know where his character is in after the whole story. Cause he's like a world famous rapper or, or seemingly world famous rapper, but everybody else, you're just like, I mean, you, you have indications. Like I feel like Shao's dead and uh, like, I don't, I don't know what, like, I assume everybody else went off and th- did their own thing. Uh, but like, I, I, I want to, I want to know, I want to know where all of them went off to and like, did they enjoy success in, in the way they thought they would or like, yeah. how did, how did they get through everything and, and such things? I don't know. And that's a shame. Yeah. You all let the show die. It's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> Look at how they massacred my boy. <laughs> It's it's unfortunately true. So, uh, is there anything else you want to say regarding the get down, or do you just want to tell people to go listen to uh, the episode on our Netflix and Swole Classic feed? Yeah, I mean, you can definitely go listen to that episode. Uh, you'll get to experience the crackly mic, uh, which was the first two episodes. Like, I was still tweaking my setup, and like, I could not clear out like the weird artifacting that uh came through on my computer but if you haven't like set aside some time for this like i promise you like it's it's worthwhile yeah and maybe netflix will be like why the fuck are people watching the get down and then we can be like cool (laughs) we did it after all it's been three thousand years and then, and then it'll come back randomly. It'll be like, "What the fuck? That's never going to happen." Don't you dare begin the campaign for the for it to happen because I'll get mad. <laughs> but yeah, uh, something to be be uh, mindful of is that the first episode is uh, an hour and a half. Yeah, that's the other thing. Was like, I think the budget for just the first six episodes was like one hundred and twenty million. I can't imagine why it got canceled. Oh, yeah. But, like, part one is, like, probably two feature, two, like, two to three feature films worth of content. Mm-hmm. And, like, like you said, it's, it's pulpy, it's weird, like, there's some very over-the-top stuff, and it's also in the Baz Luhrmann style, which nobody, re- like, there are people in sort of like it, but, like, I know that's a major turnoff for a lot of people because they don't like his Romeo and Juliet or something. I don't know. 
I like his Romeo and Juliet. It's fucking hilarious. They have guns that say sword on the side of them. That's fantastic. I should watch it. Because, like, I I never had any of that Baz Luhrmann baggage. I just went in being like, hey, this looks cool. And then it was. <laughs> All right. Well, how do you feel about just rolling right into uh, the other half of our uh, walk down memory lane? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So welcome, everybody, to A Cautionary Tale of Netflix for uh, Alien Abduction. Welcome to Cautionary Tales of Netflix. We're Netflix and Swill. You know, one-star movies are terrible. They'll make you want to gouge your fucking eyes out. And that's what this show is all about. Warning people about the dangers of shitty movies. Uh, Alien Abduction is a 2014 action-adventure horror film. Uh, it's a 4.9 out of 10 on IMDb. Sure is. It's not rated, and it clocks in at an hour and 25 minutes. A vacationing family encounters an alien threat in this thriller based on the real-life Brown Mountain Lights phenomenon in North Carolina. Now, Dan, first of all, at the beginning of this movie, it says, This is actual footage uh, recovered by the United States Air Force. Yes. Uh, and then, like, the the concept of the movie is, like, the the youngest kid in the family is an 11-year-old autistic boy who, like documents everything on his personal camcorder because it like helps him like process and experience things better i right. guess so like it's actual footage recovered by the air force from his camcorder and then everything after it says that is a bunch of fake shit <laughs> it's true also they make the disclaimer that he is an autistic kid and it's like but why does that matter like, it can be told through the story. You don't have to disclose up front, hey, it's some autistic kid's uh, video camera. Like, I, I found that weird. Like, I didn't re re like realize that before, that it said that, and then I just went, oh, well, that's a weird thing to say. Yeah. I don't know. They, they tell you he's autistic about 73 times during the movie. So, uh, now that we've brought it up, is it time for us to talk about Shane Black's The Predator and how this movie is just that? <laughs> it kind of is. Like, I was waiting for the for everything to be okay because they were just trying to get, you know, the youngest kid to try to evolve themselves because that's the plot of Shane Black's The Predator. How did that movie ever get made? I don't know. So whenever, whenever, like, we watched this for our very first episode, mm -hmm. I, <laughs> I didn't finish it. I was like, man, this is, this is fucking terrible and shut it off and said as much on the show. Yep. And you were very mad at me because you sat through the whole movie. That is correct. Which kind of set the pace for the rest of the show going forward. So I finally finished it. I remember why I shut it off, which is that, like... Before alien stuff really starts happening, like, the dad is just, like, screaming at his family. It's like, man, this guy's such a prick that I just, like, don't want to see him anymore. Or, right. like, I just want to skip ahead to the part where, like, bad things start happening him to him or whatever. Fuck that guy. Like, I know it's just a, a fake character in a fake movie, but it... Like, he's he's mildly inconveni inconvenienced by his family and just starts screaming. Yep, sounds like uh, any dad, really. I mean, like, I guess I get it, because, like, no one shuts the fuck up during that entire part. Like, it's just people screaming, and then he's just like, I am also confused, and you guys are not helping by just screaming at me. So, like, I get yeah. it from that aspect, but, like, dear God... Like, take it down a bit, bro. Like, your family's looking to you for uh, aid in helping processing what's happening around them as birds fall out of the fucking sky. Yeah. So, the the shitty dad's the first one to be uh, alien abducted. Uh, <laughs> and he's replaced in the movie as, like, the the strong male, like, protector character by... Uh, the character of Sean, who is like 
a fucking hillbilly that they find. Right. Uh, who shoots guns at the aliens. Uh, and he's essentially Alan Tudyk from uh, fucking... Oh, God, why Tucker can't I Dale. remember the movie? Tucker and Dale versus Evil, yeah. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Because, like, my the... The daughter is very against the guy because she's like, oh, he's probably racist because he has that southern accent that sounds like this. And mm-hmm. no, he's just like, I mean, he might be, but for all we know, like, he's just a, a stand up dude. He's just a guy who wants to be left alone. Yeah. But, like, they roll up on his property. I, I will say this as a good thing about the movie they don't make him, like, make sexual advances at the mom or the daughter. That's uh, that's true, which I didn't think about. But yeah, you're you're 100 percent right. He does not do that because that would be weird. But like he yeah, like you said, he, he takes over as like the protector character because he uh, has the guns and they all hide out in his house and he checks back in on them at least twice during the movie after he goes out, which like mm-hmm. you're you're kind of expecting him to just be dead forever. And then he's not. He's he's there to help them out in their situations. Yeah. And up until the point where he gets uh, raptured into a beam of light and they fold him 12 times. I know, right? That was fucking... That, that's the best part of the movie is when uh, the mom gets raptured first and then gets folded yeah. 12 times. There's, uh, there's two parts of the movie that are actually pretty cool. Uh, it's like the initial reveal of the alien because like they just find a bunch of unoccupied cars... Uh, like in a tunnel through the mountain, and which is they they just had the the crew roll up one day, and they were like, "Hey, park your cars in the middle of this tunnel." And the crew was like, yeah. "That sounds fun." So like, they see the silhouette of a figure at the end of the tunnel, and the dad yells for help. Uh, and as the figure approaches them, they realize that it's not human, and they start freaking out. And then they realize that like. They're surrounded in this tunnel and have to try to force their way out. Uh, which is actually a pretty cool, pretty cool scene. Yeah, it's a neat little uh, scene. For a horror movie. Although... It's a neat, li- neat little scene. It's it's found footage, and it, of course, the big problem with found footage movies is that whenever... Shaky you, camera, you, yeah. Whenever you're running, you got shaky camera. Which, like, the alien prop looks awful, and it's hilarious, <laughs> and I laughed every time it showed up. Mm-hmm. So, like... Found footage style is the best way to kind of cover for inadequate props. Like, it makes it not look as bad because you don't really get a clear look at it. But. But yeah, then the other the other cool part of the movie is the the actual abduction scene. It's like kind of the classic like shaft of light comes down and they get lifted off the ground. But like instead of just getting sucked up into the air. Uh, it, like, folds them in half, like, backwards. It's like their, like, spine and their arms break and they all, like, fold into a fucking ball and then they get sucked up. It reminds me of how, like, you'd fold a shirt. Yeah. I was like, oh, fuck, that's awesome. I totally forgot about that part because I hate this movie. (laughs) It's not a good movie. It's not. I mean, it's not as bad as I originally thought it was. Like, uh... There, like, there's some decent stuff that happens here. Oh God, if if we could have gone back five years and told ourselves about some of the things, the horrible things that we would experience, <laughs> I know, right? We were, uh, we were innocent children. We knew not what we would watch at at, at <laughs> any point in the future. It was just like, hey, eventually you're gonna watch every Sharknado movie. Hey. Eventually, you're going to watch IFC Midnight movies. Yeah. Consider yourself fortunate, for you know not what pain is. (laughs) I guess another good thing I can say about the movie, the poster for it's kind of cool. Because it's like a page of text that, like, it's redacted out. Uh, But, like, the redaction, like, forms the shape of like a classic alien face with like the big eyes it's kind of a neat poster design sure i don't know the poster's whatever i look at it every time like oh okay no 
Uh, let's talk about some IMDb trivia for this movie. <laughs> the alien prop now resides in Morgantown, North Carolina, and occasionally appears in town events such as the Halloween Festival. Hold on, I'm looking where Morgantown, North Carolina is, so I can uh, maybe go there and light that costume on fire. <laughs> Two hours and 28 minutes. Oh, I passed it on the way into the state. Okay. Oh, there you go. Somebody gave it a seven-star review on IMDb and said it's better than The Fourth Kind, which honestly is kind of a low bar. Never seen The Fourth Kind. It's okay, I guess. It's got Mila Jovovich. Oh. Okay. <laughs> the opening weekend gross in the U.S. and Canada for this movie was $10,514. Did it say what kind of release it got? It doesn't. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I assume this was just like what it is, an indie movie that was made for like no money. It's not one I ever want to revisit. Like, I've already seen it twice in my lifetime. Uh, it's probably twice too many. But it's not the worst thing I've ever seen, you know? Yeah, that's true. We've seen uh, Most Likely to Die. Oh, yeah, we have. That's, oh, God. I thought that movie would be fun, and then it turned out that it had <laughs> Perez Hilton in it. What was the other one? Uh, Let's Be Evil. <laughs> oh, <laughs> fuck. That was the first episode Corey was on. Uh, Actually, I think that was the second one. That was his father. That was because I believe that was the one uh, where he laughed at iBoy for 400 years. Yeah, I think so. I think uh, from what I remember, he went to uh, r slash horror and like looked up movies. And then uh, someone was like, man, this movie is kind of good. And they were talking about Let's Be Evil. And then uh, he made us watch it. And then we were like, no, whoever that person is should be drawn and quartered. <laughs> so yeah that's alien abduction yeah and, uh now we get to to lock it away in the netflix and swill vault and uh never let it out to hurt us ever again yeah uh, it gets locked into the angry not safe room and then we lock ourselves in the quiet safe room where where alien abduction can't find us <laughs> alien abduction i give it eight and a half rapples uh, I'm giving it one and a half. It's not, like I said, uh, on, no. on, on the curve of Netflix and Swill, cautionary tale of Netflix movies, it's not even, like, in the bottom tier. Yeah, I'll, I'll also give it a one and a half, just because, like, that tunnel scene actually was kind of, uh, unexpectedly pleasant. Yeah. So, but yeah, like I said, every time the, <laughs> every time the, Alien shows up, it's just fucking hilarious. They spent a really pretty penny on that. Yeah. So, uh, what are we doing on the show next week, Dan? Alright, so next week, uh, we get something I want, which is uh, a movie set in Pittsburgh. It's uh, Sweet Girl starring Jason Momoa. Very excited about that. Uh, and then on the back of that, uh, we'll be watching a patron requested review for America, the motion picture from Bill. Who I think likes this movie. Does, can Caleb make it past the, the 40 minutes he's already seen? Find out on Probably the next not. exciting episode of Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> can uh, can Caleb defeat Bill and gain justice for him making him watch this? Uh, find out on the next exciting episode of Dragon Ball Z. Bill defeated. <laughs> uh. Man, Dragon Ball Z just had the worst fucking titles, because it's like, hey, <laughs> Frieza defeated, or, like, Cell killed, or, uh, genocide. Yeah. I wouldn't know. I never really got into Dragon Ball Z. It's a, a fun, dumb show. Uh, tell them stuff, Caleb. Uh, you can find us at netflixandswill.com. It's your one-stop shop for all things Netflix and Swill. Uh, we love our patrons. If it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't have made it these five years. Uh, thank you for everything that you do for us and for being our friends. Uh, we sincerely love you. Big true. 
I couldn't have said it any better, uh, and that's why I didn't. Also, thank you to Space Weather for the use of our theme song, Bitter. Uh, it's a bop. Go go buy all their tracks. It's true. Uh, I forgot to mention they played a, a show a few weeks ago. Like the weekend before, uh, like last weekend. Uh, and now they won't play another show until at least 2022 because things are a hellscape again. Yeah, no one wants to wear their masks and we got the Delta variant and the Lambda variant and the Omega variant and we got, you know, all of the various variants that are immune to phase on and I don't know. I don't know how deep into Metroid jokes I can get before I lose the audience. So. Oh, I thought you were referring to Donald Faison. Nobody's immune to Donald Faison. Motherfucker is so charming. That's true. Uh, and on that note, we're, we're out of here. Uh, thanks for coming along on the ride, and until next week, we'll see you next Tuesday. Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.